Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Well, it's good to be back with you, uh, whether you're here in person, whether you're online, whether you're at the campus in Peru, it's, uh, it's just a joy to be here. I was here Monday evening uh, for a totally different reason to celebrate the life of Pastor Tricia, but it, uh, this is just this time that I enjoy uh, when I can be with you uh, to, to talk with you. You know the nice part about the preaching? And, and speaking is, I get to stand up here and talk. You have to sit and listen. Uh, this sermon title, as we talked about, uh, came from the idea of the fruit of the Spirit should blossom and grow in us as we, as, after we've accepted Christ. And, and so we take this look at ourselves, what's under our skin, and, uh, and, and, and we work at growing in those areas. I want to talk about what the fruit looks like. Um, lives like probably is a better way to say it and and hopefully it'll help each one of us to see where God has gifted us as well as where we need to grow. I, I, I want to say though just maybe if you're sitting here and, and, and you're thinking man I'm trying to figure this God thing out I don't I don't know where I'm at with that in my life. My prayer is that through this series you'd see the goodness of God and in seeing the goodness of God, it would, it would be that it's a gift you would love to receive and accept. So often, uh, people look at those around them to see who, what God is like. And I want to encourage you as, you as you go through this series that you would listen to what God is and realize that all of us are, are imperfect human beings and not to judge that, uh, not to judge a chance, giving God a chance on, uh, on because of what I've seen in someone else. So we look at this uh, series, and as Pastor Sherry said, it's not what gets under your skin. So, so I want us to understand it's not, it's not what's happening this way, you know, in life. And, and so understand that we're talking about, we're talking about inside us. And, and I want to talk about that. Now, we have to start the series and understand there's a couple of things before I actually get to the fruit that we want to talk about tonight. Um, there's a couple of things I want us to know. Life is not fair. I, I hope you, I think most of you, if you've lived very long, you've figured that out. I was sitting there watching Pastor Sherry preach son, last weekend, and, and, and I was sitting there thinking, man, she's a sharp-looking 50-year-old lady, and, uh, and I, I'm sitting there watching that and thinking, that isn't fair. I've been bald since I'm 30. You know, you probably think I'm over the hill. I look over the hill. And I happen to know that Pastor Sherry and I aren't terribly far apart in age. So I don't, we'll leave it there. I, I, I think also, so life is not fair in the simple things, okay? It's not fair in the complex things. It's not fair that Pastor Tricia, a woman, a, a lady that loved God with all of her heart, served so many people, that she would be gone at the age of, of 52 from our lives. Now, now she lives on, her legacy lives in us, but, but uh, it's just not fair, 
Life is life. So for this series, I want, it to, I want us to recognize it for what it is. We live in a world, there's no guarantees of prosperity. There's no guarantees of health. There's, there, there's just, uh, things aren't automatic. Because I accept Christ as my Savior, things don't, don't become uh, ironclad perfect. And, and so, so I have to decide what's going to dominate my approach. Is it from what's under my skin or is it what is uh, getting under my skin. So when I want to look at it, we're going to talk in this series about what is the spirit side, uh, and, and in a sense, not the flesh side. Um, and, and we can, the flesh or life, let's, we, we'll, we'll leave those be the same, but that's really what happens. I have to ask myself, do I surrender to my spirit when something gets under my skin, do I surrender to my spirit or do I react according to my opinion that life is not fair and what's happening to me? Remember one thing about fruit. No fruit is enjoyed unless it's bitten into. So we have to think about that and let that soak into your mind and into your heart, if you will. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. In other words, those who are dominated by life think about the life things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature, your life nature control your mind leads to, to death. Um, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Let's start here uh, with just a short uh, story that would help you, uh, that maybe explains what I'm thinking. One time I got something right in my life. I think I never did figure out how I did it, and I didn't do it, but God did it, and that's the idea of this series. I worked with a guy, um, and, and when I used to work in the dairy industry, installing milking uh, systems and dairy facilities, and then I was uh, given the position of being head of installation, and there was another young fellow that worked with me about my age, thought he should have had that position. So he decided to make, to, to every morning he walked in and he would say, I hate your guts. Or he'd walk around the truck and he'd say words that I won't say here. And uh, he would call me whatever he wanted to call me. After that, a day seemed to be fine. We worked together. It went on, but this went on week after week after week after week. And I didn't know what to do. I, I, I tried to give him, when we went to the jobs, I'd give him the easier jobs. I'd do the difficult ones. I, I thought maybe, you know, I could make him happy. And that didn't seem to work because every morning he'd walk around the truck and he had something uh, that he thought he ought to tell me. And uh, I finally decided there's nothing I can do. So every morning before I went to work, I read 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. I read it every morning before I went to work. Come around the truck. You know, and he would lay into me. But then it was fine the rest of the day. One morning, he walks around. I'm reading 1 Corinthians 13, reading 1 Corinthians 13. He walks around the truck one morning. He goes, book, you sure have changed. That was it. It was over and done with, and we were fine as could be after that. And so, I'd, you know, I thought I didn't do anything right. I, I didn't, but I believe the Spirit of God in us, when we surrender to that, He's the one that does that. So we choose to surrender to the Spirit and live a vibrant life from the heart, or we choose to, let, to life's not fair and struggle to stay alive. 
I want us to, I, I want us to sometime, when I talked to you the one time you shared my life story, I, I, uh, if you remember, I talked about um, these, uh, the five levels of communication, uh, and I don't remember, I, I just briefly went through them. Uh, this is how we come build relationships. Cliches, you see a person, hi, how are you? Good morning, goodbye. You know, you, you don't mean any of that. It's just the words you say as you're passing somebody. If you get to know them enough, uh, you start to learn facts about them. You start to connect to them in relationships. And once you've started to connecting in there and you find you have things in common, you start sharing your opinions. That's the third level of communication. Most of life happens here. We live in a culture that, that lives in this part of life. Then what happens is, is that fourth level of communications is I share my feelings. In other words, where does this come from? That my, where do my opinions come from? And, and then the fifth level of communication, communicators will tell you, is a peak level of communication. That's, that's the intimate part where it's, where it's forgiveness. It's transparency. You're, you're totally accepting. And, and, and so, and so opinions kind of live in the, the flesh part of it. The feelings deal with our soul, who we are, how we're made up, what, what makes, what happens to us. And then that peak communication is the heart. These, the spirit controls these, should control these. The spirit, our spirit are these two, and it should affect our outcomes. And then life, of course, affects those. And I want us uh, to get that. So I, do I live from my feeling? Do I live from my spirit? Or do I live uh, from my life? Um, Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So the underlying challenge of this series is to move out of our comfort zone and focus on the source of my feelings that should drive my opinions. Um, you see, when our, when our opinions aren't in line with the source of our lives, it's because we're letting what's getting under our skin get the best of us. When you pick a fruit, what do you look for? Well, a banana's easy. I either want a green one if I want them to last a couple days. I want a yellow one if I'm hungry right now. And I don't want the brown and black spotted ones uh, because my wife does not make banana bread. Uh, so finding a ripe avocado is a little bit different. Uh, because if I want one ripe right now, if you like avocados, you know you got to gently squeeze them to see if there's some softness there. Uh, but then there's some fruit like a peach, an apple, a pear, you just plain have to cut into it or you have to bite into it uh, in order to know uh, what it's like. The fruit of the Spirit is divine for us in Galatians 5, chapter, or Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit because it's from one source. So when we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit plants this seed of fruit in us. It's given to us. And it, it's one seed that's expressed in multiple ways. You know, it's one seed to the whole fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And one note, I, I said a bit earlier that uh, fruit has to be bitten into to be enjoyed. Uh, that's true, uh, it, but it does not mean that I won't experience it until someone attacks me. It's ours personally. The moment we accept Christ to enjoy and nurture, we can, we can experience it in our lives so that when others do touch our lives, they receive that fruit. That's what we're, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to let that fruit ripen in us. The end result is 
though, just like fruit, until we are cut into, we probably really aren't going to know just how good that fruit is. It's easy to one thing, to think one thing. It's another thing to live that. So let's dive into the fruit of the day. It's love. And, uh, and, and, and when we say love, for the most part, we think romance. Now, I'm a hopeless romantic. You may not know that, ask Ellen. Um, you know, I like the romance movies. I like, I like action movies, but I want a little romance in them. I'm a normal guy. I like fast cars. I was a weightlifter, wrestler in school, love football, baseball, track, and into all those. But, but as my older sister's married and my brother is older than me married, I, I was, I felt so alone. I wanted that special relationship. I, I, I saw that. And, and, uh, and out of that, that's the one thing God helped me do right, was pick the right wife. Now, she may not have thought she picked the right husband, but I thought I picked the right wife. It's been 43 years now. And I can't wait to spend time with her. Uh, the next time I can be alone with her, I look forward to it. And, um, and, and I want to be there. Now, I don't know how Ellen feels about that right now because I'm having a lot of trouble with my asthma and bronchial whatever, and I'm coughing a lot. And I think she'd rather I just move someplace else right now. Um, however, I was very fortunate growing up. My parents' love for each other that was dis on display for us as children was, was not the heiress love, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. It wasn't about the hot time in the house tonight, uh, the physical attraction to each other, although there were a bunch of us kids, so something worked right. Uh, but it was more like they never, I ne they never argued. They treated each other with great respect. I never heard my mom and dad, I never heard my mom and dad ever yell at each other. I know that's, that may seem strange. I never saw them fight. I remember one night at the dinner table, my dad said something, don't remember what he said, my dad said something in a normal tone of voice, and my mother just simply said, well, I don't know if I agree with that, in, just like that, and, uh, and my dad said, okay, let's talk about that later. I literally, in that instant, I thought World War III had broke out in my house. That's how sheltered uh, that I lived. They, they treated each other with great respect. They lived that 1 Corinthians 3, or 13, 4 through 7. Their love was patient and kind. Uh, it was not jealous. They weren't boastful. They weren't proud. They weren't rude. They didn't demand their own way. Uh, they were never irritable. They kept no record of wrong. Um, they, their love never gave up. They never lost faith in each other. They were always hopeful. They endured together through every circumstance. That passage of Scripture uh, fit them. I remember when Ellen and I got married uh, shortly after, she said to me, don't ever hit me. I didn't even know how to respond. I, I, I couldn't even fathom that. It, it didn't make sense to me. And I realized that her upbringing wasn't quite, as, wasn't quite as good as what mine was in the parental relationships. And, uh, and so I, I, the fruit of the Spirit goes down, kind of down that path. So in the New Testament, there's three, there are three Greek words for love. Eris, which is that physical attraction that brings people together in love. There's the Philadelphia uh, that is the brotherly kindness, and there was also the word agape love, which was active benevolence. That's that's what where true justice takes place. It's the opposite of anger and moral outrage that you see today. And I don't have the time to go down that path, and, and but it's it's important for us to understand that. Peter talked about this love 
in his, in his second book. So in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse 3, he says this, and I, I, it's going to be on the screen, I hope. I want you to read this with me. Let's read this together. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. Man, that verse is so important. His divine power, God gives us everything we need to live a godly life, and we receive it simply by coming to know Him. Man, that's a verse. Read it to yourself. Say it over and over and over again. He goes on in verse 5. He says, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with generous provision of moral excellence, moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Now, I want us to focus on and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Brotherly affection there is what's called brotherly kindness. That's the Greek word for love, Philadelphia. And it's love expressed among Christian friends. In order to please God in every phase of life, it requires, demands brotherly kindness and mutual affection. Love and kindness go together. And to that mutual affection, he says, we're to add love. And that's the Greek agape word for love. The spirit given act of the will to treat other people with active benevolence. Think about that. Um, it, 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 so I have to ask myself, when I think about it, the fruit of the Spirit, if, am, I, am I trying to think that fruit of the Spirit is a one-dimensional view based on the Christian perspective uh, of, of eros only? In other words, is my love driven by emotions and feelings? In other words, do I find myself struggling to like people at times? To understand the fruit of the love, we have to drop the flesh perspective of my opinion of that person and, of, uh, and or a situation in order to love. So what the Spirit plants in our lives, when we accept Him, He plants this, this ability to forget ourselves, to be kind to everyone, and willingly to actively engage in meeting everyone's need through a meaningful relationship. That's really what that is. And that's what we work at growing in our lives, seeing God from a God-driven perspective. It, 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 it's a love that empowers me to live in Christ is to love for the good of others. And regardless of reciprocation of how they treat me, that's this love. I believe the heiress love is intentionally left out. It removes the feelings, replaces it with this, in a sense, a God-given determination or pur purpose to do the right things. In other words, I love you before I ever talk to you. I love you before you ever do, say or do anything to me. I see past the color. I see past the circumstances. I, regardless of the difference, the fruit of love in me wants to help you. I don't have the time, but I'm going to tell you this. I was going down the road in Tennessee here a couple of weeks back and and I was, I was minding my own business, probably driving faster than what I was supposed to drive. Evidently, there's two guys riding a motorcycle, and the one guy got over and went clear over in another lane. The other guy didn't, and I cut him off. So what's he do? Comes up beside me and gives me the bird as he's fly, driving down along beside me. So that wasn't good enough. He passed me. but He's in front of me in his motorcycle going down the road. He's turned around backwards, flipping me the bird on his seat. 
Now, I, I, I'm sitting there looking at the guy, and I started praying for him. Now, I had two choices. I could be mad. I could do whatever. I could, you know, make a, a good Christian gesture of whatever. And, and, and I didn't. I just started praying for him. Why? Because, first of all, I didn't want him to get hurt. I didn't want to run over him if he fell off his motorcycle. But, uh, but, but that's, uh, there, there, there's, there, you, you got to make a choice. You have to surrender to the Spirit or you have to, your, your life is going to control you. Um, it, it, this love, this fruit of love and kindness, it's not a fuzzy feeling. It's just this involuntary help. I want to help you. I want to make a difference. There's, there's two potential slaveries that rob us from this freedom. Okay? Let me help. talk about this. There's, there's the slave to Christian law. Paul talks about that. I can be a slave to the Christian law. What do I mean by that? I just want to do what's right. I want to live my right, life right. I want to read my Bible. I, I want to pray. We're supposed to do those things. Don't get me wrong. But, I, but it's more about doing what's right. And, 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 and if, if that person that's doing something to me that's getting under my skin is as good as me, maybe I'll take notice. But otherwise, it, then he really ought to get his life together before I have to worry about what I need to do. Or... There's this slave to flesh. It's more about what benefits me. I'll, I'll love that person if it benefits me. Otherwise, I, I, I really don't have the time. No, listen, I'm not perfect. I'm Jim. I'm, I'm human. I'm just like you. You're sitting in a seat. I'm standing up here, but that doesn't separate us by much. I have to quote Galatians 2.20 to myself many, many, many times. For I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ Jesus lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, the one who loved me and gave himself for me. You know how many times I quote that? It's so many times I couldn't even imagine. You, I could probably take a bunch of you out for steak dinner if I had a dollar for every time I did it. Um, but that's the fruit of love and kindness. It's not warm, fuzzy feelings. So how do we wrap this up? Here, here's the thing. It, it's a gift from God. Don't forget that. This is a gift from God. It's not my willpower. It, it's not I've got this. It's a gift of the Spirit planted in us. Think about life for just a minute. If, if, if you met some stranger, sat down with you at a coffee shop, you're talking to him, he, what's going on in your life? And you start to tell him, he, and, he, and he goes, well, man, you know, he says, I, I can take care of that debt. How much money do you need? And he, he writes you out a check to pay off all your debt, your house, your everything. What would you think about that? Next time you see him at the coffee shop, he goes, well, wait a minute. He says, he said, uh, you, you don't have a nest egg? He said, well, here, let, let, let me give you a, a million-dollar investment that'll, that'll set you up for life. And, and maybe the next time you see him, he, he, he says, oh, you, you, you don't have... You, you mean you don't have any short-term uh, money to help you if you get in trouble? I'll, let me, I'll give you another check for $40,000. He says, you know, he says, I, I'm giving this to you free. There's no strings attached. He says, he said, uh, but, but how about we just stay connected each day? Now, now I wonder how many of us would, would stay connected with that person. I, I, I think most of us would. And, and that, that's what, this is the, that's the spirit side. God gives it to us. It's free. It's open. He doesn't, he doesn't rule us. He doesn't, he doesn't make us do everything. He gives us the freedom to choose. This is the gift that God plants in us. There's always more when we need it. He'll give you His Spirit. But will I surrender to what's under my skin? Will I let that be where I live my life about it? 
We talk about it. We say it's not growing. Oh, man. The gift is unlimited. You might say, I need more of that fruit. How do I ripen it in my life? And it comes from your personal relationship with Jesus. He's the giver of my life. Am I willing to spend time with Him? Am I willing to connect with Him? Apostle Paul says it's not our religious practices and obeying every command. It's our personal relationship, that wanting to be alone with Him. You know, how, how many of you are old enough to remember the comedian Gallagher and the Sledge-O-Matic? You remember that? Or maybe you weren't as crazy as I was. But he was that guy that did his act, and at the end he always, he had a great big wooden mallet, and he, he'd put fruit there, and he'd smash it and spray it out over, the, out over his uh, audience. And, and then he ended with watermelons. And he would just plaster the front rows and bring sheets of plastic to hold them up in front of I, I wish I wish giving you the love of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, was like that. But, it, but it's not. You know, he eventually ran out of melons. You see, the fruit that flows through us doesn't come from us or we run out of it. We're finite. God is infinite. Think about it. When we accept Christ, in me is the, is the potential to be totally nothing but loving, joy-filled, peace, at peace, patient, good, faithful, gentle, totally self-controlled. It really does start with what's under my sin. Do I live in slavery? Slavery to life, that's not fair. I live with my opinions, my preferences, what's getting under my skin. Or do I choose this freedom living from my heart? The fruit. What's under the skin that's planted by the Holy Spirit in me, given to each one of us. Galatians chapter 5 says, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For He is the one who called you to freedom. I was reading one of the Passion Translation devotionals the other day written by Brian Simmons and Gretchen Rodriguez. And I, I want to I finish, finish with this. This is what they write. Think about this. Love has awakened our heart. Love that fulfills every longing and demolishes every fear. Love that's alive and has a name. Jesus. He draws us with relentless passion. He kisses our darkness with mercy. His love is outrageous. It never stops. And we've done nothing to earn it. His presence is a safe heaven, drawing us away from religion into the chamber of the King. Our lives are no longer our own. To be truly transformed by this love means we're stirred to not only soak it up, but to pour it out. Love becomes the driving force behind all we do and say, let's be known by our radical love and how relentlessly we honor each other. Hearts that are truly ignited with holy passion don't just talk about love, they demonstrate it. And then they have this prayer, and I want to pray it with us today. Jesus, let me live in the awareness of your overwhelming love forever, to taste and see that you are good to be so wrecked by the beauty and power of your love that I cannot help but share it. 
Let me be known by love, not just for you, but for the way I care about others. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.